Good afternoon. This is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters. Today, I am interviewing E.J. Fogel, and he is going to talk to us about his daughter and her struggle with mitochondrial disease. And he's going to share with us some of the things that they've learned on their journey and where they're at today in the process of dealing with the illness and how it's affected their family. Hi, EJ. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you two taking your time. I know you're very busy. I understand you have four kids. Is that right? Uh, yes, we have uh, one getting ready to go off to college, and then um, that's my oldest daughter, Jade, and then uh, my son, Austin, is a sophomore in high school. Uh, then we have Karen, who is eight, mm-hmm. and Peyton, our youngest, is uh, six years old. Karen... Um, has been diagnosed with what is known to be a fatal form of a mitochondrial disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was diagnosed when she was about three and a half. Uh, from approximately six to ten months on, we you know knew something was going on with her, and the the, the search began. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, how old is she now, if I could ask? She's she's eight years old. Okay, she's eight now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so it took about, you know, almost three years to get a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so that must have been a struggle. Were there, like, particular symptoms that were happening with her that caused, you know, alarm and made you take her to the doctor and continue to look at trying to find out what was wrong? Yeah, sure. Like, you know, any parents have, you know, instincts about their kids. And um, Taryn wasn't sitting up properly she wasn't making the the, like the little transition sit they do where they turn and plop on their on their rear end um she would just kind of fall over and bonk her head on the on carpeted floor of course um and she just wasn't making that transition she was struggling to try to crawl um she would pull herself up in her little graco playpen but um her legs would be weebly wobbly and she would end up you know her arms would give out and she'd fall over um, you know, with this, we had asked the doctor, you know, something seems to be going on with her and they dismissed us and, oh, all kids grow up at different rates and she's fine and she'll be, you know, running around soon enough. And, you know, we had, that was at, you know, her wellness check at, I think, you know, four or five months. Um, mm-hmm. and then my wife went back again and we had been discussing that something didn't seem right with her. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't getting, hitting her milestones and, once again, she was dismissed, and I, I kind of took it upon myself to, you know, get back into the doctor's office immediately, you know, just right in front of the doctor, told him something's going on with my kid, and we want you to pay attention to her. And mm-hmm. uh, after that, it was a referral to the neurologist. I don't know if it was to just get rid of me or he really thought something was going on with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that started the long process of, you know, finding out what's uh, what was wrong with Taryn. Wow. And when you did finally find out what the situation was, what were the what was the diagnosis as far as how long she would be able to live, what she, her life would be like, what could be done about this? Oh, um, you know the whole the whole story is very complicated about exactly how this disease manifested in her um and but the bottom line is that it's it's called gracile syndrome a known mitochondrial disease that attacks the liver um just in a nutshell so your listeners know mitochondrial disease um unless you unless you you know studied biology or know something about the body and how it works you probably don't even know what mitochondria is mm-hmm. um mitochondria is um like the engine of our cells um mm-hmm. 
and it is what powers the cell. It's known as the powerhouse of the cell. And when the body can't get the nutrients um, into the cell that the mitochondria uses to um, create energy, cells fail. And since we're basically cellular-based creatures, when cells fail, um, you know, organs start to fail, body systems don't work. Right. The, the kind of the analogy we like to use is it, it's it's such as a city suffering a brownout. Um, street lights aren't working. Lights are flickering throughout the city. Um, transportation systems, the subways might not be working, mm-hmm. uh, so forth and so on. It's such as the body um, and our motorcycle run. I explain it to the motorcycle riders. You know, it's like your bike system isn't your your engine is not getting fuel. Your engine right. sputters, cuts the. The battery's not getting charged, lights flicker, and soon the lights go out and your bike quits running, mm-hmm. um, such, as, such as how our bodies work. Um, mm-hmm. And when organs fail, um, death is imminent. Um, mm-hmm. You get liver failure, everybody knows what that's about. And mm-hmm. when you have a condition where if you were given a new liver, it's going to happen again, you're not going to get, they're not going to give you a liver. Right. All there is. Mm-hmm. So, um, unfortunately, with mitochondrial diseases, there are no cures yet. There's promising research going on um, through MDA um, and also the United Mitochondrial Disease Foundation. Mm-hmm. And um, there's other groups out there that support. And uh, there's there's been a lot of research um, recently that is starting to link the dysfunction of the mitochondria to other known diseases, such as I'm sure your listeners have heard of Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Lou Gehrig's disease or ADA, mm-hmm. um, autism even involves, um, they're looking at dysfunction of the mitochondria with um, autism in, in some cases. Autism mm-hmm. Speaks um, attends the United Mitochondrial Disease Foundation uh, symposium regularly to get the word out there and um, other functions they attend to. But it, it just shows that this isn't something that is, you know, on the bottom end of diseases. It's more... We um, like to, you know, use the analogy of an umbrella. When you think of diseases, mitochondrial disease being the umbrella, with other, other diseases coming off underneath it. Trying to get the word out about that, it, it's difficult because a lot of people, you know, are, they're used to cancer and mm-hmm. other other known diseases. And you know, when you're fighting a fight like this, um, when you start to talk to people about it, um, you go so far and you see that their eyes glass over and right, you know. They're not really getting it, and and so it's kind of like the simpler the better. And you know what we strive to do at our functions is is to leave people with the understanding that it's a deadly disease that there is no cure for, mm-hmm. and it's not a good thing. And mm-hmm. if they understand that, then we're halfway there. You know, I right. mean, personally, personally, you know, if I go to a breast cancer march or rally or, or even cystic fibrosis um, rally or march or something like that in support of it. Uh, you know, I mean, I may not understand how those diseases work, but I'm there in their support of it. And, you know, yeah, I want, you know, here's a couple bucks to help for a cure, and um, I don't understand it, but I know it's a terrible thing, and it's a killer, and I may not understand the biology of it, but I just know it's bad. And so that's kind of the way we strive and, and what we want to do at our events is not have a, 
a sad event, but, you know, a happy event. And right, and bring people, awareness. Yeah, and, and, and create awareness and leave people with information, basic information that they can take with them. And then when they hear a mitochondrial disease story, they go, oh, yeah, I know about that. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be their life, you know, challenge as they leave our event. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's something that you have in your family. If you have breast cancer in your breast cancer in your family, that's your cross to bear or right. fibrosis or whatever it is, AD, ADL or yeah. anything. That's, you pick that cross up and you carry that. This happens to be ours and this is what we do. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we meet these people from other, the MDA society and um, other autism and so forth and so on. And, you know, you talk and you share and you go about your business and Right. And what are some of the symptoms or the things that Taryn has to live with due to the illness? Well, Taryn um, cannot walk. Um, she is ex- extremely um, hypotonic mm-hmm. and um, she can't sit up uh, by herself. Uh, she can't feed herself. She is in diapers. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, she can't walk and do all that. She can't go to the potty. Um, she has trouble swallowing um, and drinking. Um, she still can be fed, but we have to spoon feed her and puree her food. We do have what's known as a, a G-tube in place mm-hmm. so we can infuse her with liquids and and uh, liquid food, which has proteins and vitamins and minerals in it. Mm-hmm. Um, she can't hear, and she has no real speech. Mm-hmm. Um, the hearing issue and the speech issue... Um, we're not sure. A friend of ours has a daughter with a mitochondrial disease, too, that can hear, but she's never developed speech. Mm-hmm. And or what speech she did develop, she lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm, you know, and you think about it, well, our, our brain is a organ, too, and so um, cellular-based. And when the brain isn't getting fueled properly, there's going to be some brain dysfunction as well. Right, I understand. And how so We have... had an unusual MRI when Taryn, you know, her first MRI was unusual too, so... Mm-hmm. How have She's you and... I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. How have you and your wife dealt with this along the way? I'm sure it's been extremely challenging and heartbreaking and difficult, but then I've also seen some of the pictures and things on your website of some happy times and you know, it. you sound like a very happy family and that you're just doing so many good things, you know, creating memories. But tell the listeners, if you will, how you've dealt with the struggles and the challenges along the way. Well, personally, for quite a while, um, I was in denial, basically. It's a hard thing to deny, though, mm-hmm. um, because it's right in front of you, you know. Um, that being said, there's a lot of families that, the mom and or the dad will leave mm-hmm. um, the house and, and families will split up because you just don't want to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't fault anybody for that. I think it's terrible, but that's the way it goes. And I understand that. I didn't understand it before I was in this situation. I would probably have said, you know, how could any man abandon his family and a, and a sick child? Mm-hmm. But I understand it now. Um, with that, um, I, you know, asked the question why a lot were a Christian family and, um, and, you know, as such, you know, attend church and, you know, I would take Karen up to counsel with the elders and we pray over her and anoint her with oil and, and I struggle with my faith and, you know, constantly asking God, you know, why, why did you do this to my daughter and, mm-hmm. you know, why is it happening? And, you know, angry I would, I would be and, um, 
self-destructive sort of uh, quit going to the gym and quit, you know, doing things and, mm-hmm. you know, just would be here to take care of my child. And I have, you know, while this was going on with Karen, we had another child, Peyton, and I had her to take care of as well and as well as our older children too. Mm-hmm. So I have to be here and be the dad for. So there's there's that in there in my personality that I don't want to, you know, abandon my children. They need me. They need their dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the question that is just a haunting question that I'm sure a lot of parents and maybe some of your listeners out there um, who have situations that are going on in their family, maybe it's not a sick child, maybe it's a relative who was killed or mm-hmm. a family member who was shot in a drive-by or something tragic happened. They ask why. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you, most people don't ever know the answer to why. That's right. It, it doesn't do any good to keep asking why. Mm-hmm. Why, 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 why? And it makes you sick, and you pound your head against the wall, and you get a headache, and you start, you know, maybe drinking or smoking or doing something to numb that mm-hmm. and to make it feel better. And there, you know, rarely does uh, answer to why, you know, you, no booming voice doesn't come down out of the, you know, clouds, you know, as to the answer of why. Mm-hmm. And so I just finally got to the point where, one day, Taryn was trying to crawl, and I was laying upstairs watching TV with her on our carpeted floor in our game room with pillows all around. She fell right into the wall, hit her cheek, and just started screaming in pain. And I was so angry and mad at God, and I took my cross off, and I threw it across the room, and a few expletives, and held her, and just cried myself, and, you know, still asking why, and 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 mad, and then I don't believe in God, and it's all a bunch of stories, and so forth and so on. And then I asked myself, if there is no God, then who are you mad at? Why mm-hmm. are you mad? There's mm-hmm. no reason to be mad then. I mean, yeah, you can get upset, your kid hurt yourself, but deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with that, I just, you know, it came upon me, that how, okay, how, how do I deal with this? Mm-hmm. That started helping me. You know, first thing you need to do is, you know, do this and, you know, do that and do this and start getting your mind back in the game and, and, and helping, you know, you're not helping anyone right now with this mindset. And, right. Mm-hmm. You know, so that started me on the road and, of you know, kind of healing as far as that goes. Um, and um, right after that, we got a call from the producers of a TV show, LA Inc. And they wanted us on the show. And um, we went on the show and I got to tell uh, our story of Taryn and our fight with this terrible disease. I got a really neat tattoo done by Corey Miller on the show and it aired. Um, It was seen by um, some corrections officers in Norco and I happened to work with one of the wives. She called me in. They wanted to do a charity benefit ride for her and things just started happening. Wow. That's awesome. I was going to ask you how it started as far as the events. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's 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 really how it started and mm-hmm. it it was just kind of, you know, I mean, you can call it what you want, but it wasn't until I, you know, asked how how do I deal with this and, you know, really prayed on that um that, you know, suddenly things started turning around and mm-hmm. answers started coming and, you know, I mean, I still don't know why and it's still hard. I, I'll tell you and, you know, if your listeners are sitting out there going, oh yeah, right, you know. It, no, it it does help, and mm-hmm. but there, it's still hard. I mean, I still get mad, and I still look at my little girl, and it it I get very emotional when I see her struggling, and she can't still can't walk, and you know, it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, your kid still can't walk, and 
you know, God this and God that. And, you know, I, it's just, it is what it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't sit there and look at the glass as half empty because her life is worth something. Right. She does have value. She is a human being. She's here. And, you know, we're, you know, going to make her life as good as possible. And, you know, if we, if she's a catalyst that helps with, you know, bringing the term mitochondrial disease um, into the light, then so be it. I mean, mm-hmm. we stood on stage at Love Ride 25 in front of 30,000 people mm-hmm. and got to talk about mitochondrial disease. Now, mm, awesome. So, I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to answer to the question why, you know, I, I mean, I, I've got some idea why. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. But mm-hmm. maybe this is why, you know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, there you go. Well, and, and I think that's a valid point, hence this name of my show, Your Story Matters, because our stories, our tragedies, if you will, our difficulties, the challenges are the things that we learn from. And when we share those things, that is what, in fact, encourages and inspires other people. And, of course, in your case, brings about awareness, which we all can use more of about a lot of things. I was um, going to ask you, since you mentioned it and you've already talked about it a little bit, what are the events that you've done and what what are the events' purpose? Is it just fundraising or fundraising and awareness or both? Can you talk talk to the listeners about that? Sure. Well, our, our event, as, as I mentioned, it, it started with a motorcycle ride that was given to Taryn as a gift by these very wonderful, caring people um, who work for um, California Department of Corrections out of um, the rehab center in Norco, California, um, and um, primarily a, a group of guys, Adam Martinez, Fred Roki, and Ronnie Sotomayor, and their wives and families um, grouped together and did a motorcycle ride, and my wife and I wanted to you know, put together a thank you party for them at the end of the event Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, basically just have a good time. And we also wanted to use that party to spread awareness and raise some money to help us with Taryn's medical bills and also to donate to um, go to Research for a Cure and help for other families um, such as ours, which we did. Um, We donated approximately... um, half of the money that we raised uh, back to an entity that helped us out um, with some posters and we were involved with them for a while and um, they do um, work as far as advocacy, Mm -hmm. uh, government advocacy and and getting funding and so forth and so on. Um, And also we took some of the money which helps with our needs specifically. Um, there's, um, There's supplements that Taryn needs CoQ10 and vitamins and so forth and so on. The co-pays for the doctors, the trips to the mm-hmm. doctors in San Diego is 100 miles one way from our house. All, all that costs, you know. Right. And this was a gift. This was a gift by these officers to help us out specifically. But we, in turn, took that and shared it with other people. That was mm-hmm. um, three years ago. Um, and then we turned around and, hey, do you want to do this again? Sure. Um, our second event, we. Uh, picked up the help of our local Harley dealer, um, Corona Harley-Davidson, in Corona on Wardlow Street. Um, and our sponsors, um, the owners of Corona Harleys, Jay and Jennifer Dabney, helped us out um, with donation of shirts for our ride and 
so it added a little bit more to the event. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our event at uh, the new Backwoods Barbecue, and it was hosted by our then mayor, Steve Nolan, and attracted you know quite a bit of attention from uh, people on our city council and other local dignitaries. Our assemblyman, Jeff Miller, who has been very instrumental in helping us out, um, he actually got uh, Assembly Bill a uh, B25 pass, which creates a mitochondrial disease awareness week in California, and it's legal law now. Awesome. Um, and that was through knowing us through Taryn and through our advocacy. Um, he's come to our events and supported us. And so we added, you know, quite a few more writers and more people to that. And, you know, then we were like, well, we might need to get a bigger place. And you have to understand that, you know, Taryn's nature of illness is, you know, her life expectancy we don't know. Um, so these events are, you know, are we going to have another one? We'll wait and see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. how is she doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we did it again this year. Uh, we went down. Um, the event was hosted by the uh, wonderful people at the Paula Casino um, just outside of just south of Temecula. And um, we had the ride down to their beautiful facility there, just great, great people. Um had about as many people with the economy. We didn't add as many people as we wanted, but had a successful event. Our, our, our friends came and played for us. Um, Judge Jackson, Chelsea Lena, um, Gary Shortall as Johnny Cash, and John Reed as Elvis entertained the people all day. Food was great. Um, had a great silent auction raffle, and people had a good time and able to spread more awareness and um, let people know about what's going on and just sort of share the day when parents out there that have special needs kids or caring for someone is like, you know, how do you do it? You just do it, you know? Right, and right. we we also look at, you know, I mean, we look at other parents and I'll say this for all you parents out there that are listening that are dealing with special needs children, have an autistic child or a relative with Lou Gehrig's disease or, or something, and you're dealing with it heads up and you know, you just do it, mm-hmm. you know, and you look at other parents and you see other situations that may be more dire than yours and you just count your blessings because you know things can always be worse yeah that's you know they can be better and it's just you know the hand you're dealt and you just you deal with it you know that's very true and I, i think a lot of it comes down to taking it one day at a time literally i mean you get up and you you know you're hopeful that today's going to go well and you do your best and when today's over that's done and you go on and i think that in life circumstances like these um that's what we can do and that's what we're able to do with some of the emotions and the difficulties is we just don't give up and we keep going and we can watch for some of the things that do come that are, are good things and blessings and you know, sometimes even miracles, and that's a good thing. You know, these are children, and these are people that have special needs, you know, um, and they're special people, you know, and they're people first and foremost, you know, they're human beings. They're not animals, and they deserve to be treated with dignity, and they have a reason that they're here. And, you know, if you're around the special needs community, one of the things that you know, you walk away with is, you know, most of these kids and most of these people, um, they're like happy. And, you know, it's like, they're so happy and I'm so miserable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they almost know something that we don't. And, you know, before I was involved in the world of special needs kids and people, you know, I was kind of uncomfortable, like most people probably are around, you know, 
special needs kids and people. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, you know, I mean, to walk up to a family with a child in a wheelchair and put your hand on that child's shoulder, um, if that's okay. And, and, you know, being sincere about it and how are you guys doing? And Hey, what's your, you know, what's your son's name? What's your daughter's name? And oh, how are you? And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they can't talk. Maybe they look at you and they're, they're drooling or their heads cocked and their hands are distorted. And it's difficult because, you know, it's, you don't want to see that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's hard. And you imagine, Oh, what if my kid was like that? And, you know, God forbid that, you know, well, here we are and we're in that mm -hmm. situation. And, you know, I see other, and we're not, let me say this, you know, we're not any different than any other family. And people look at us sometimes like we're different, you know, right. like, Oh, you guys are so great and you're so strong and you do, you know yeah. what, we're doing what we, need to do just like any parents you know I mean if you're a parent of a kid and you're taking your kid to softball you're a great parent too right you're doing your need to do you know and I'll stand up there and tell you you know hey you're a great dad you know there's telling me you're a great dad for taking care of your daughter and doing what you do for your daughter and this now I go, what are you doing mm -hmm. are you taking your daughter to softball you're taking your son to sports are you taking them to school are you going to their open houses are you doing this are you doing that for your child, then you're a great parent too. And you're, you know, I'm no better than you. You know, mm -hmm. I'm just dealing with something a lot different. That's all. And I never thought I'd be in this situation, but I am. So, yeah. you know, for the folks out there that are listening and wringing their hands and poor, poor me, and, you know, I'm leaving and I can't stand this and I can't stand to see my kid this way and this and that, you know, your child needs you, that's you right. know, whether you think so or not. And it's not about you, mm -hmm. you know, it's, get over it, get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about your kid. And, you know, my little girl loves me and I can see it in her eyes and, and kids, whether they're whole or they're special needs, they need their mommy and they need their daddy, you know, um, yeah. or both parents, or they need, you know, I'm not going to go there as far as, you know, the parental, um, extended family. Yeah. However that goes, they right. need, the love they need to, you know, see that there, and they need they need that, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, we see a lot of dysfunction in society today with the one uh, parent family, and and God bless you know, moms and or dads for doing their best to bring up, you know, children. But you know, they need that balance there. And I, you know, yeah. I see it, I see it in you know with my other children when you know my wife's at her wit's end. Um, I take over and vice versa, you know, right. it's a yang and yang, it's a yang and yang type thing. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm ready to, all right, you know, she goes, honey, you know, and she steps in and takes over. Right. And, yeah. It's know, a very it's good point to bring up that, you know, teamwork and, and staying together and hanging in there is so important. I wanted to share real quick before we end the um, interview, your website is www.terrenshope, the number four, life.com. And Taryn is spelled T A R Y N. And um, people can go there to find out more about what you've been doing, what you've learned, and about your events. And I'm sure if you do another event next year, they can find information there. And I wanted to just um, say one thing that you said on the um, website here. You said, Our family could have gone in two two directions, one torn apart with pain and grief, the other brought together by love and grace. And I just think that was so beautiful that you said that because really, just like you've been sharing today, it all comes down to a choice. We get to make a choice about what we're going to do with our difficulties and our challenges. 
And I just really commend you, EJ, and your wife for hanging in there and doing this together and then taking it a step further to help other people become aware and to just know that you're just normal people, but you're doing the best that you can with your situation. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And just, you know, when you said that, I got a little emotional because, um, you know, sometimes I write things and I forget that I've written them. And it, it's good to hear, you know, someone repeating my own words because it, it reminds me of, you know, of what we're doing. And, you know, what you said about, you know, having a choice. Yeah, we have a choice. My daughter does not have a choice. Right. You know, she, was, right. she was born this way and, you know, she... There, and that's what is so hard about this because, you know, one of the things that, you know, and I hope, you know, if there's any kids out there listening and or even adults, you know, if, if you're taking your life and you're throwing it away, you know, shame on you, you know, mm -hmm. through drugs or or doing other things that, you know, um, are not good to do, you know, shame on you. I mean, you know, my daughter can't get up and walk and mm -hmm. you can and you can make a difference. You can make a difference in your own life and in other people's lives. That's right. And it just, you know, it just tears me up when I hear about, you know, a teenage suicide. Or, you know, it doesn't have to be that bad. You know, look around. There, there's all kinds of good things around, and there's ways out. And, you know, just to take a life and throw it away like that, it's like if my little girl could run and play and sing and dance and do all that, you know, what a joy that would be. And, you know, if you have those abilities, it's a, it's a, it's a gift, and you know, don't take advantage of that, or you know, don't take it for granted. Is right. what I want to say. Right. You know, I mean, everything is, everything is um, a, a gift, and I mean, you know, I mean, if you've hurt your back and you can't straighten up, you know, you know what it's like not to be able to walk correctly. Right. You know, and then. You can find these like, oh, my God, feels better. You know, it's like imagine being in a wheelchair. Right, right. You know? That's very true. Uh, Thank you bye. for pointing that out because it, it's very true and a great reminder for us all. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for your um, your listeners for listening. And, um, you know, I'd kind of like to end on this note. Um, you know, what you said, you know, my, what my wife and I are doing, and you've said that a few times during the interview, and then, you you know, it is a, it is a team, and, you know, my wife and I, you know, we do this together, but not without, you know, the help, the help of our, our wonderful nursing staff um, and our family, you know, our older children, you know, Jade and, and my son Austin and even our little one Peyton, you know, everybody pitches in and, and everybody helps and we do this together and, you know, we have a great church uh, family and with help there and it that may not be, you know, everything, but it's little pieces of the puzzle Right. And for you folks out there that are hurting and need help, you know, don't try to take it all on all at once. You know, look for help here and there, and, you know, you can do it. And if anybody would like to talk to me um, personally, they can, you know, get a hold of me through our website, and I'd be happy to give you a call and, and, and chat with you about things. That's awesome. Thanks, EJ. Okay, thanks so much. Take care and blessings to everybody.